Hi, everybody, and welcome to another Hotelier Pulse LinkedIn Live session, this being the 23rd edition of the report. So it's great to be back live with you all here, and thanks for tuning in and for joining us. And don't forget, if you have any comments or questions, please add them into the comment section, and don't forget to tag who you'd like to address them to, and we'll bring them up for, for the conversation. And also, Leah, will put the link into the comment section for you all to download this month's Pulse report and also the survey link for the next report. So if you're a hotelier, we do encourage you to please take a few minutes to complete this and add to the data for next month's Hotelier Pulse report. Okay, so with all of that said, our guest joining us today is coming in from the Big Apple, New York City, and we are super excited to welcome to today's session Mr. Maurizio Bonivento. Maurizio is the Area Managing Director at Highgate Hotels, and he's responsible for the Row in New York City Hotel and the Michelangelo Hotel. Maurizio, thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be with you. It's, uh, it's a privilege and an honor to speak to such a beautiful audience. And yes, I'm very happy to be in the Big Apple. Originally, I'm from Italy. I'm a, a yes. true Venetian guy, So, but very I'm good. very excited to be in New York City. Very good. You've been in New York City since 2014 now, haven't you? So a few years. Oh, 2000. Yeah, more. 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, yes, wow. yes, yes. Long time, long time. Okay. I, I, I managed several properties here. And um, now, yes, I'm at the, at the Row NYC and the Michelangelo. Row NYC is a big hotel. It's the largest independent hotel in New York City. We have 1,331 rooms. So wow. and we are really in the middle of Times Square. So very busy Broadway shows. Uh, people come and enjoy all the times. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, great. Let me bring in my co-host, of course, Mr. Pedro Calaco, who's the CEO and founder of Guest Centric and Great Hotels of the World. Pedro, as always, it's lovely to see you. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi, Andre. Nice to see you again. And thank you, Maurizio, for joining us here and bringing uh, yep. some insights from uh, from the Big Apple, you know, a, a, a hub of so many things, including hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So let's get going. And uh, Pedro, I think we can really probably start by asking you, what have you got from this month's report that perhaps raised an eyebrow of yours? And was there anything so, in there that looked a little bit different? How's business optimism? So I think uh, business optimism is setting in. I think that if I, if I can summarize this is business optimism is setting in. All the metrics seem to be moving in the right direction. Right. Uh, we did have, uh, especially in Europe, a little blip uh, from Central European and Northern European uh, guests. Uh, the, the first two weeks of the war that has recovered. And I think overall, everybody's setting up to have a gangbuster summer. Um, and that's where we are. I think uh, that's um, I have lots of metrics that I can share. But, uh, you know, in general, I think that there's optimism optimism setting in and we're moving in the right direction i think um very good um, that's what we're seeing very good and maurizio i mean obviously uh we're starting to see i think generally the general uh census is that things are picking up we're feeling relatively optimistic over the next 12 months and i think that's the consensus across the the globe uh really with with our industry so perhaps i'd like to ask maybe i'm asking you considering your markets and, and obviously the region that you're in do you agree with this sentiment? And how optimistic do you feel about business performance over the next 12 months for your properties in, in New York City? 
Right now, I, I, I completely agree. We, are, we see really things coming back to normal. I must say already in uh, Q4 of 2021, uh, we saw really the demand coming and, uh, you know, especially in New York City with the Broadway reopening the doors. Uh, and so really the, the, the business was there. So we were very excited in Q4 and we 2021. Then, of course, when we hit uh, 2022, January has been very challenging for us. We saw a major slowdown. This is mainly due to Omicron. But since then, uh, the business really picked up back again. So we expect to hit a really 2019 business level already in some region during the summer months. And definitely we will see Q, uh, in Q4 2019 numbers. 2023 anyway will be a solid uh, full, um, full recovery. And by 2023, we should hit 2019 numbers. So, we saw really increase month over month from consortia, BT, and GDS business. Mm -hmm. So all good. Very excited. That's good. That's good. And Pedro, you've got a slide here, obviously, to support that as well, by the looks of it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, basically, uh, I think what Mauricio is saying is what we're seeing. Uh, there are, you know, uh, destinations that are more corporate-centric and less leisure-centric, and they will recover a little later. Uh, we, we have already quite a few uh, destinations that already in February, they, you know, was, they had the best February ever, right? So we have quite a few properties saying February was fantastic in leisure destinations, but that's what we're seeing here is that, you know, the, the number of people saying, you know, 2023 has increased steadily since November, right? Where everybody was still very optimistic that 2022 was going to be the year that we would get, get back to 2019, I think, Omicron. Um, and actually, we saw, a, you know, an increase in GDS bookings in no, around the, the October-November timeframe. And then Omicron threw that back to zero. And now we're yeah. starting to see the wave coming again. So, so I think uh, optimism is setting in. People have sort of come to grips that uh, for some destinations, it's not going to be 2022. It's going to be 2023. And, uh, and therefore, it's also, I think, having that clarity makes it easier to manage operationally what you're going to do, right? You have a vision for the year, you know where you're going, and therefore, if there are any surprises, hopefully they're going to be good surprises and too much occupancy. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, Maurizio, you, you mentioned that you expect things by 2023 to be as per mm -hmm. 2019. Have you got any perhaps uh, optimism as well that that might even become a little bit earlier rather than yes. 23, perhaps end of this year, Q4 this year is maybe even an, an option perhaps? There is no, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When I say the 2019, if you want to have a full year that will hit the 2019 number, you need to go and you need to look at 2023. However, yeah. already in summer, we will have some markets that will hit the 2019. And no questions that, for example, New York Q4 will be a 2019 level, which is very interesting when I was looking at some market reports. During the pandemic, the Miami market never lost, has been always yeah. trending up. Miami has been on fire. But I think Miami's always been on fire, haven't they? Even through the <laughs> pandemic, they, they were basically still thinking, hey, you know, we're, we're just going on as right, uh, the, right, the, yeah. 
the governor down there was pretty um, pretty yes. forthright in his opinions on how they should be moving forward. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay, so obviously the bookings, uh, the book nights here, Pedro, uh, demand is tracking towards 2019. Yeah, so absolutely. So so um, this is basically, um, so we, we take this average out of 500 customers or so that we have in our CRS. We have, you know, small properties, large properties, more leisure destination, more corporate destinations. And, and we can see here that actually, you know, um, we had that little blip, but it's tracking 2019. Um, things are looking, I think, very good. If we think about, you know, uh, in terms of uh, bookings, right? So this is obviously pickup. I'm talking about pickup, not stays yet. We can we can get into stays later. But in terms of pickup, we had a lot of pickup in February. Actually, almost from a volume perspective of nights, almost as much as we had in 2019. But I think the big difference is ADR has been very, very strong. Uh, especially in Europe, the U.S. is not as strong. I think Europe is up 20 odd percent and the U.S. is up 12, 13 percent. But I, ha I have some some data on that also. And therefore, uh, you know, in terms of actually revenue for the hotels, uh, uh, in terms of pickup, we're doing better in February. And in March, that that trend just accelerated. Right. So we closed a little bit the gap on book nights. And actually, the gap on revenue is increasing. So we're seeing more markets. I think very much in line with what Maurizio was saying, we're seeing more markets getting to 2019 uh, levels. And we're going to see that across the, the year. Uh, and therefore, I think I'm, I, I am very optimistic. And this is on pricing, right? So again, this is um, so the, the orange line is, is ADR for 2022. And the, uh, the, 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 the light blue line is 2019. And then this is the average for the year. And we can see here that across the whole year, we have a huge gap in euros and we have a significant gap in, um, in US dollars. So obviously production costs have increased, right? Due to staff shortages, due to supply chain issues, um, especially on food costs and energy costs, right? But clearly I think what, we, what hoteliers are doing with their pricing is moving the needle in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems to be that they're 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 not going to be they they've been intent on not dropping. They're they're maintaining, yeah. if anything, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, and and Maurizio, how have you approached that, especially over the last say twelve months? Have you approached it in a similar way? What's been your your uh, thought, and what was the message that you gave to your hotels about that? Well, in in terms of what specifically, I'm in, sorry. In terms of holding rate and and maintaining oh, your rate and your pricing, absolutely. Well, the, the, the rates, of course, has been our main challenge. And um, what we have seen here is that the weekends are really very strong. Weekends, we can really definitely drive rate. The midweek is still very soft. Corporate is not traveling yet. So corporate for New York City bring really <clears throat> a good, uh, uh, healthy ADR business during the week. This didn't happen yet. However, we know the major corporation now are starting to travel back again and we see corporate to hit the, the market. So the, 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 our ADR has been the main challenge. So we managed really to heal the well over the weekend. Weekends is very strong. The weekend because mainly you know we have domestic travel, yeah. uh, but now that the, the the travel restrictions have been lifted, we see also people coming from overseas, and the people from overseas they have a much longer length of stay, which is help us very much operationally. So all of this to say that the trend is also positive in the ADR and is moving up. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. And in terms of New York City itself, I mean, you said travel restrictions have been lifted, but how about general COVID restrictions? Are they essentially now also lifted? Because, for example, the United Kingdom have lifted all of their COVID restrictions. Some other countries here in Europe have. How is it in New York? It's uh, you, you can go to a restaurant. You don't need to provide any any pass. So it's back to normal. No problem. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Excellent. Okay, and Pedro here, length of stay, you want to talk about that one? I just wanted to jump on that because Maurizio said that, that, you know, as, you know, the corporate travel comes back, we're going to see length of stay trending up again. We are starting to see that a little bit, to be very honest. There hasn't been any significant change. Again, we're just looking at January, February, and March here, right? So these are obviously the, the, the lowest of the low season, right? So, so we're not looking at what's happening in the summer where lengths of stay really, you know, extend themselves. But we can see here already sort of a positive trend, certainly in terms of, of stays that, you know, last year, the same three months, we had 2.3 length of stay, this year 2.4, but still not, as Maurizio was saying, still not what we were getting in 2019. So yeah. I just wanted to sort of to bring up that. It's trending up, but it's still below 2019, which obviously, you know, operationally, it's a big issue especially, you know, with housekeeping issues that, that we're seeing in many hotels, you know, the staffing issues. Actually, I was in Copenhagen uh, last week, and I wanted to share this just with the audience because I thought it was a brilliant, you know, a brilliant runaround or a brilliant workaround for, for the housekeeping issue. So, you know, because I've been traveling quite a bit, I've been used to not having housekeeping in some, in some hotels. Yeah. And um, I, I stayed two nights at this hotel in Copenhagen. Um, so when I checked in, the, the guy said, hey, I see you're staying two nights. Do you want to give up housekeeping? I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a, a voucher for the bar, which I brought with me, right? Which this is about, you know, $15, right? And you can, you can spend $15 at the bar if you don't do housekeeping tomorrow wow. morning. And I said, you know, this was 11 at night, you know. I, I said immediately yes. Obviously, I went to the bar and I actually, you know, spent more than that on beer, right, and 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 a few snacks. And I think it's a, it's a brilliant way to get around the issue of staffing shortages and actually give a good experience because people like me that have been traveling during the pandemic have gotten used to no housekeeping or or limited housekeeping. So I'm not giving up something that I'm not used to giving up anyway. And it's a nice way to you know operationally take the pressure off the off the team and actually give people a good experience because i'm sharing it with you <laughs> at least Absolutely. i like it <laughs> yeah no i think it's great and it also helps drive also more incremental revenue through the hotel because as Absolutely. you said you spend certainly more than 15 15 euros so yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah. well, Maurizio, i mean the staffing element is also a very interesting one and a lot of hotels have felt that as well since uh you know we've seen demand start to improve then it's trying to ramp up the staffing and the resources required for the need how have how have you found the staffing shortages in new york has that been a challenge for you and if it has been what have you done for your hotels yeah. to work around that yeah it, it is it is an issue there is no question i think people uh, during the pandemic, they really changed their lifestyle and they enjoy doing different type of works and they like to work from home. So it's been in challenge from, you know, in the shortage that we experience here in New York, but generally speaking in, in the States is more from a management level. From the labor force, we are fine. For example, in New York City, we are heavily unionized. So the union has always a very large pool of people that can come and support. So 
when we go to the housekeeping team, that, that's not an issue for us. We, we have people there. Uh, but the problem is really to find the management, uh, people that supervise uh, the leadership is becoming really an issue. So how do we do? Well, you know, you use the power of your company. We, we are a very large, um, we are a very large organization. We have more than 40 hotels in New York City. So we are very well known uh, and uh, uh, people really like to work for us because we can guarantee a career growth, uh, learning opportunities, uh, cross-training so we really leverage a lot of the power of our company but definitely there is a shortage in the market mm-hmm. okay great we also have a question from uh, from an audience rita machado rita lovely to have you here with us and she's uh, got a question for you maurizio in 2022 have you seen an increase in travel agency bookings at all on leisure and or business travel no. Well, definitely, leisure market is uh, is is the leader in this moment. Uh, as I was saying, corporate didn't move yet. Uh, we we expect to see really corporate to come back in the next couple of months. Now it is very slow. So yes, definitely, leisure has been the the, the dominant uh, segmentation. A lot of uh, you know. Also, what we've seen is the group business starts to come back. Groups is also very important, uh, and we start to see really leads coming for uh, summer and Q4. Definitely, 2023, from a group standpoint, is showing major improvements. Okay. Okay, good. And is that a sentiment that you're also hearing, Pedro? within your circle uh, absolutely so uh, on on the group side of the business as you know on great hotels we we do you know a significant amount of of, of group business and we are you know our inquiries uh group inquiries have probably done 4x versus last year maybe 5x uh, versus last year wow, right now right. obviously we're still at probably 30 percent of 2019 to be very honest right mm-hmm. so the basis was very low because the group's business completely disappear, right? In terms of mines. Um, uh, on, uh, so what we're seeing is that that's coming back. We have closed a few group deals, but as Maurizio was saying, we're talking about summer, Q4, and 2023. We are seeing some leisure groups. So actually, you know, Germans and, 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 and certain, you know, source markets that are, again, the tour operators are setting up groups. So, so we're, we're starting to see some of that come back. Um, but again, it's still tentative, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the increase in volume is tremendous because we started from a very low basis, but we're still far away from 2019. And then I wanted to talk about the corporate thing and the leisure thing. And we can see here, you know, that direct business and that booking.com and Expedia really started having recovered to 2019 levels. Expedia for us is always a little bit below because our, uh, this, this, this sample is Western Europe uh, heavy, and therefore Expedia doesn't have the, 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 the power, let's put it that way, that Booking.com has. But really yeah. what I wanted to point out is, is this year, is the GDS, right? The GDS really has been sort of on a steady pace, growing week by week. So we're really hopeful that this is going to continue. And I was talking to some people the other day and they said, look, Pedro, um, while maybe corporate per se may not be coming back, but look, there's a lot of stuff happening, right? Accenture is doing their annual partner meeting. Microsoft is doing their annual partner meeting. Adobe's. So all the big corporates are coming back with big events, right? 
So and and that will then drive more corporate travel also. So so I, we're very hopeful that that's um, that that's really a trend that's here to stay. The other thing yeah, that okay. I think is, is worth mentioning is also we're starting to see, especially in the in the high tour operated leisure areas like Southern Europe, you know, Croatia, places like that. We're starting to see tour operators coming back with bookings. Now, these are bookings for the summer, so we don't know if they're going to hold or not, but mm. bookings are, are flowing through. So hopefully that business for for the heavily, you know, leisure-oriented areas, especially Southern Europe, and, and uh, are, are, is going to come back. Yeah, okay, perfect. We have another question from the audience from Luis Pedro Carmo Costa. Luis, thank you so much for your uh, participation and for your question, and I'll direct it towards uh, Maurizio first. What about conventions and congresses, Congress bookings for 2023? Are you seeing any pickup around that? Yeah, definitely. The, for example, New York, the convention center starts to see, to go back onto the original uh, schedule, like the auto show was canceled, it was only virtual. Yeah. So things are coming back. There is, uh, there is really the need uh, to meet uh, and, and promote. Uh, so everybody is ready to do it. Unfortunately, this year, the, with again, the travel restriction, you don't know what's happened tomorrow. There is a new Omicron. People cannot understand anything. So they don't want to take the, the chance to, to start something and then, uh, and then not to be successful. But definitely 2023 is back at full speed. Mm -hmm. so very okay, good perfect. Very good. While we're talking about channels, in, in this edition of the report, hoteliers were prioritizing sales and marketing tools in order to optimize their direct channel um, distribution, including website, CRS, channel manager, etc. So from your perspective, what, what has your business done to optimize your direct channels, Maurizio? And what do you anticipate for direct bookings now, especially that the OTAs seem to be ramping up their sales and marketing investment now? Yeah. Well, during the pandemic, we were seeing a 50-50% split between direct bookings and OTA. Now, as the business travel resumes and the group segment recover, we expect contribution really to return back to the historical level. We have been focused our efforts to really the direct consumer marketing via email communication and retargeting ads. And we have also changed our PPC strategy to only focus to the bottom of the funnel consumer. There has been too much inconsistency and cancellation with booking pattern from the top funnel bookers. And the, when we go to the how we spend our resources, we really are very cautious now and we want to wait until there is a fully recover from the market really to go back to our fully spent before. So very cautious. Okay, perfect. Also, I guess a follow-up question from that is how how often are you finding that your hotels are updating their pricing? Is it is it a frequent process or is oh. it relatively static? No, no. We, we, I mean, our revenue management team is really looking at the pricing on a daily basis. We definitely right. consistently look the 30, 60, 90 days. That's on a regular basis. But we, we, we definitely, we already look at Q1 2023. Right. We, we right. Look at that. Oh, definitely no question. Yes. yes. Right. And Pedro, you want to cover the meta side? No. So I wanted to jump on what Maurizio was saying because I think you know what what he's seeing in New York City is what we're seeing also, right? So that 
that you know the mix is changing a little bit because you know some of the channels are, are coming online. Certainly, direct stays continues to be the strongest channel, uh, but the other channels are coming online. But I think one thing that is interesting is that um, the OTAs are changing their strategy. I think in terms of performance marketing, and we're seeing that they're actually much more laser focused on specific you know segments, specific dates, and and I think that opens up an opportunity for hotels to do meta direct, right? And I think Google is performing extremely well. We right. saw very, very rapid rise of the of the Google meta search free bookings product uh, in 2022. And I think that, again, I, I've been saying this here, I think for a couple of, of, of reports, it's really an opportunity. The, the OTAs are changing their performance marketing mix. Therefore, this is going to open up opportunities for hotels to go and explore those, you know, gray zones that are being left open. And that's really what I wanted to find out here is we are seeing, you know, things like free booking performing extremely well. Google hotel ads, maybe not as much. Um, uh, Google has told us that we are a little bit of an odd uh, partner in that sense that ads is, is performing very well across the board. But I think that, for instance, this free link is really something that people should capitalize on and ask their partners, whoever does their Google campaigns, to really make sure that they participate. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you, your hotels have actually um, uh, taken advantage of, Maurizio? Well, yes, I, I, I echo what Pedro was saying. Yes, definitely. Okay, perfect. All right, very good. Um, I guess another question I wanted to ask around uh, the situation, obviously we've had now since Omicron, the situation here in Europe with, with uh, the war. Um, have you found that that had any type of potential influence on international travels i mean obviously we we know domestic is your is, is is the main driver behind most of the recovery at the moment but we are starting to see international travelers starting to come back for example here in germany lufthansa are giving some very very really great deals to fly to the united states for for less than 500 euros so it's a great deal i mean they obviously want to get things moving again so i would assume if things are opening up then that will happen and 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 that maybe bookings are, 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 are reflecting that but has there been a a, a a blip and do you think that there could be potentially a long-term result in terms of the what's going on with the ukraine at the moment well yeah the, yes it, we, we don't know what's happened because it's such a big problem that we, we we cannot even think about it. What I can tell you is that uh, since uh, all the restrictions has been lifted, there is no quarantine required. Uh, we still really international traveling. Uh, when you walk around New York City, you can see people coming from all over the world. Uh, and so that's very good. Uh, Booking.com for us is a good indicator. Booking.com is the one that travel, they move most of the international. And in this moment, Booking.com is performing extraordinarily. So we are very happy with that. So uh, the outlook is very positive. Uh, I don't know about the flights because now with the with the increase on uh, on the energy, I'm sure that the the airlines will increase substantially the, the travel fare. So um, yeah, we, we don't know. But as of now, we see the travel is positive. Internationally, is moving, and so we are very excited. Yeah, yeah, okay, very good. Um, and obviously your charts reflect that as well a little bit. Uh, Absolutely, Andrew. So what we're seeing is that the domestic is holding at very good levels, better than ever, to be very honest, and that um, International has recovered very fast. It dipped a little bit 
um, we believe due to the war, but, but it, it is back. And if you look here in terms of, you know, the mix, we're seeing uh, exactly what Maurizio is saying that, you know, while this was very domestic heavy in the beginning of the year, we're seeing that it's trending towards sort of, you know, normal levels. We have in our portfolio, a lot of international travelers, as you can see, it's 20% domestic, 80% international, and we're trending towards that. And I think one of the, the, the questions, maybe not for New York City, but actually the other way around, which is, you know, there's this buzz in some articles that I read about, oh, Americans are canceling their European vacations because of the war in the Ukraine. Uh, we're really not seeing that, right? No, I, don't I, mean, agree. I agree. Uh, I, 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 we're not seeing that. The Ukraine is very far east in a way, right? So I do think that people that know the geography when they're going to the UK or to France or to Germany or to Italy or to Spain, right? They do know that it's uh, it's not even close to Right, the war right. is happening. So, so I, I, we are not seeing, a, you know, some sort of lackluster demand in U.S. international travel because of that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, agree. That's I agree. I agree. Very good. Okay, so then um, I guess another question I wanted to kind of ask you about because you mentioned it before in terms of the the, the fuel uh, and and the cost of uh, of fuel, obviously going up, oil especially. Um, do you feel that that's going to be uh, a, a, a long term? issue for your properties is that something that you can work around so that if there is that 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 dip with with international travel because of the cost of travel uh, especially the return of the leisure travel from international um, is there do you have plans in place that might accommodate that so that you can pick up on other areas or from other other markets perhaps well, that's very funny because uh, in one of my property, we we came up with a package uh, which is the I don't know the energy package package or something like this, where we give you a fifty dollars gift card if you drive in. Right. So that's uh, funny, and it is actually is working. We see people taking advantage of this. So this is a way you can stimulate the, the domestic uh, the domestic tra travel. And uh, well, you know, people. People need to travel. We have been in lockdown for almost two years, and the need to experience is there. The need to meet people is there. And, and uh, I'm sure uh, people will still travel no matter what. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't echo more, right? So, so I, I do think that you know, 2022 for sure is going to be a good year because there's so much pent-up demand. Um, but I think one of the things that... Um, that, that is um, critical to understand is that the booking pace is still very short, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that all this uncertainty, right? Because you're, you're talking about fuel prices or, or, or flight prices or this or that, the other. So that just puts uncertainty in the market. And I think that drives more short-term behavior. Uh, and if we look here, right? So the, 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 these are the bookings for the low season. So they're actually right now tracking because they, the low season for us ends in March, right? So uh, um, uh, they were tracking above 2019, but everything else is tracking a little bit below 2019. So in the short term, we're doing better than 2019, but the longer run, we're doing a little worse. And I think that's, that's probably the trend that we're gonna see while this uncertainty remains in the market, whether it's energy prices or travel prices or whatever. And then if you bundle it all up, this really means that, you know, for instance, you know, uh, our stays today, right, are 23 days in advance, the booking phase. So, so we're talking about really short-term bookings that we're talking about here. 
which obviously creates some anxiety in our hotels, right? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, I think that's also driving higher price, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, if people are doing their revenue management, you know, we know always that short-term bookings always have a good price, right? So, so I think that it's, it's, we can see it from a positive side, which is pricing is higher, or from a negative side, which is, you know, visibility is difficult right now. And uh, predictability is uh, uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. We have another question from the audience. Um, I'm not particularly sure who wrote this, but it's someone from PR Marketing MX. So thank you for joining us <laughs> for the question. Uh, question is all inclusive. Is it still a trend for 2023 or is it a reconversion mm -hmm. to European plan? I'm not sure not what sure reconversion to European plan No, means. I'm not sure either, but... Uh, uh, yeah, perhaps uh, if you could give us some more detail on that question. With, uh, <laughs> we, we can well, I, I, can, I, can, I can take a step at it just from a perspective of what we saw in 2021, right? Which was really that there was a natural tendency for 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 guests to take their vacation on all-inclusive properties because th there was this uncertainty about restaurants being open or you know activities that you could do outside the, the properties. So we did see quite a few of our leisure properties becoming all-inclusive properties just to give people the confidence to travel, right? Now, I do believe that some of them will stay all-inclusive because they found out that actually operationally and financially it worked to their advantage. Uh, others, possibly not. Now, I couldn't speculate um, why that will happen, but I do believe that from a guest perspective, some guests will that never had gone to an all-inclusive went and liked it and will continue to do all inclusive and some others will want to go back to you know a debundled package and actually you know go out meet the locals you know go to the local bar go to the local restaurant and, and do that stuff so so i wouldn't dare at this stage to try to predict what guests are going to do or what hotels are going to do in terms of all inclusive but uh, but that's that, yeah. that's just an opinion yeah maurizio what do you think well, honestly, we are not really into this all-inclusive business, so I, I cannot really speak for it. I don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe when you go down to the Keys in Florida, probably uh, there, there is some business, but I, I'm not familiar with that. All right, no problem. Just I wanted to ask you another question as well, uh, focusing a little bit on technology. Um, in your opinion, what are some innovative, innovative ways that you believe technology can can or should meet the demands for? The, the 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 traveler for the next six to 12 months is there any are you, what are your hotels doing around that in order to to accommodate them and their needs i mean definitely the contactless check-in uh, is is the main driver right you, you want to go and do your own check-in get the key and go up and use your phone to open the door this is where everybody is trying to talk. And then to have, of course, your front desk team there to help and support, to answer questions, to help say that the chicken and check out procedure should be done without interacting with anybody. Like when you take a plane, right? You, you always do your boarding pass. So that that's where we go. Like things are old, are becoming very familiar. You don't have any more the 
understand you in the room, uh, you scan, you see on your phone, uh, communication with, with the guest uh, doesn't happen anymore through the PBX. The PBX operator now it becomes a victory. You use technology and stuff that's the other platforms that we have in place to communicate with them. Okay. Perfect. All right, and on this slide here, uh, Pedro, <laughs> so my, my, my point is, <laughs> my point is that I think everybody's a little bit with their arms up in the air, and you know the priorities are changing so rapidly that you look here and there's really nothing you can say from this slide, right? So we're asking them: Is it the website? Is it the ODAs? Is it social media? Is it rich media? Is it meta search? And I think things are changing so rapidly that I my takeaway from this slide is. Uh, people have to be agile. They have to be much more uh, in tune with what technologies are working, what's going on in the market, and being able to react. Right? I think in general, that's in terms of sales and marketing. That that's you have to have technology that enables you to react to changes in the marketplace. Um, yeah. On the property tech, I couldn't agree more with Mauricio. I think everybody's going contactless. Right? Uh, the, the the using the phone to open the the the, um, the hotels. We don't have many hotels with that yet. We have um, a, a group of hotels that um, did a pilot last year, and they're so happy with it, right? Because it, 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 in general, you know, the issues they have is the issues that people have with key cards also, right? So it's not like key cards are a very reliable way of opening hotel doors. So, so I think that, that in general, contactless check-in and, uh, and NFC sort of key, keys are are where things are going. And then in sales and marketing, it's really what I would say is people need to have a flexible, agile tech stack that enables them to react to changes in the marketplace because yep. it changes too rapidly. Yeah, yeah. And Mauricio, have, have your hotels made any changes to the tech side of, of your business? Have you made any in the last two years, say 18 months, actual changes to technology or not? Well, no, we are, we are in the process of implementing this. Really, during the pandemic, we were in the completely frozen status. So, no, we did not do anything. But we are planning to do it in the next 12 months. Okay, okay, great. All right. Um, and Pedro, this one on the books, you want to cover this one? Yeah, so basically what I want to show here is really just, just that the on the books is actually improving steadily, right? And actually that we're better for this right now. This is as of March 30th. So as of yesterday, right? We have more on the books for the second half of the year than we had in 2019, right? In general. So this really goes to Mauricio's original point of saying, look, we're not at 2019 yet. We're not going to be at 2019 for the full year. But, you know, the second half possibly in, Q, in New York, certainly in Q4, we're going to be at 2019 or better. And I think that's really what we have to look forward to is, you know, um, this is going to be a gradual, you know, I, I, when the pandemic started, I used to say it's going to be bad news after bad news, right? And it was in, in a way. And I think if things go, you know, if there's nothing um, crazy that happens, I think during the course of this year, certainly through the summer, it's going to be good news after good news, right? Things are going to get better. We're going to get more, more travel. We're going to get more airplanes. We're going to get more of this. And, and the other thing I think that is interesting to, to mention, which I, I actually, I don't know if I have that slide here. Sorry, uh, I'm looking for it right now. But I, I think I did show the, the ADR slide, right? Is yeah. that what I think what we're, we're seeing this increase in ADR is also, I think people are upgrading themselves, right? 
So they, they are splurging. They were locked in, in the house for two years, and now they either upgrade, they go to a better property than they typically would, or they actually are staying at a larger room. I don't know if you see this, Maurizio, that people you know are actually you know buying or or or, or making bookings for higher yeah, room, yeah. Uh, room types. Um, I don't know, but at least that's the feeling we get from looking at the data. Right. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. Now again, people needs to go back and experience themselves. Uh, and they want to do it in the right way so they definitely trying to get a larger room or get an upgrade at the front desk we always offer them uh, an upgrade upon arrival and most of the time we we, we have a very good conversion people really want to upgrade yes i agree with you mm. not only with the upgrade Maurizio, when it comes to general upselling overall are you finding that you're is that a, also an approach you're taking with the guests that you have once they're on property are you are you uh, having strategic uh, campaigns to to try and upsell it across all different departments and areas yeah definitely yes absolutely i mean we we have uh, whenever you make a booking we, we send you the pre-stay message where you can already start to to upgrade yourself and, and buy up and then really the moment at the arrival when uh, when you check in the agent really offer you a, a better another a different topology of room uh, based on a small upgrade so and we see this is happening and the request is there yeah okay perfect all right very good well gentlemen we're coming towards the end of the time pedro do you have any other slides you wanted to go through no i just wanted to show that this one which is you know we're seeing all nationalities performing extremely well and i think this is really sort of across the board we did see a little drop in the germans and the dutch and the french and the danish uh, in March, I think that's normal. I mean, at least, you know, anecdotally, when I speak to people in these countries, they seem to be a little bit more um, worried or gun shy in terms of booking their vacation. I think the other yeah. thing is that, that we're seeing is that really they're, it's not like they're canceling their short term travel. It's like my two week vacation. I'm going to hold on. Let's see how this thing pans out with Ukraine. Um, to decide where I'm going to go. It's not like I, I, I think, at least, again, this is anecdotal evidence, not uh, statistics, but it's not that, that people will say, I'm not going to travel. It's like I, I have to decide where I'm going to travel. So the bookings are going to come. It's just that the destination may, may be different. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, I think with all of that, then let's uh, close it out here. Thank you uh, for your time, Maurizio. Thank you for making the effort to be here. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very much. Tuned in. Thanks for watching. And don't forget, uh, the, the link is in the comments if you want to make sure you get the copy of the report. And if you're a hotelier to add to the next report, then please go to the survey link as well. It'd be great to get your input there. Uh, okay, so then until next time, folks, we will say goodbye and uh, look forward to speaking again soon. Thanks Thank very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.